Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Oh, my God. Well, there was another hour of just nonsense where the Indiana governor, Eric, how did I get here, Holcomb just spoke without any real real push thought or drive of where we're trying to get I guess they say the numbers are going down but looks like they're going up to me I don't know I don't really know I can tell you this folks this is not going to be another episode about Eric Holcomb but because this situation with this virus is changing by the hour, sometimes by the minute, you know, we kind of have to talk about what's going on. And I, I'm recording this at 3.30 on Tuesday, March 31st, 2020. I just wrapped up watching Governor Holcomb talking. And I can tell you, whenever we hold the election, whether it's in November or whatever happens, hopefully that we're back to normal by then, we as Indiana citizens have to elect anybody else besides Eric Holcomb. As the Republican incumbent, he has absolutely done a horrible job. His challengers are the Democrat Dr. Woody Myers, and the Libertarian, Donald Rainwater. I don't know how either one of those two individuals would have responded to this situation, but I know that Dr. Woody Myers has had a lot to say. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is episode 90 of Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. It's good to be with you all. Thanks for tuning in. Remind everybody that you know they can find the show on all major podcast hosting sites, as well as we can be found on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey318. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y 318. Just tell everybody they can Google us by simply Googling Bilbrey podcast. That's the way you can find us out. So, we're down to 10 shows before the big 100th episode. And it's going to be a big show. I'm very excited for what we have lining up in the next couple episodes. And I was trying to think about what I was going to talk about today. And I had a couple different ways that I could go with the show. 
But then it's like it just dropped out of the sky into my lap and I had to talk about it. Folks, you know, here at the podcast and what I do on social media and what I do going to meetings and talking to all the people that I talk to, it's a big push for me to try to get people active, to try to get people engaged, to try to get people doing things in the community, helping each other, helping the community out. You know, get out, mow your yard, fix your house up, fix your property up, make your property look good. Doing that causes your neighbors to want to do the same. And then your neighbors are doing it on your block. And that causes the people the block down to want to do better. And that makes you feel good and it makes your neighborhood look good and it makes your street look good. And and it just gets infectious from there, you know. And so I'm all about that. And I, I want people to go to meetings. And I want people to ask questions. And I want people to talk to candidates. And I want people to be involved. I want people to get active in politics and in their community. I want you to be signed up and registered to vote. I want you to ask questions of the candidates. And I want you to vote informed. And I want you to be spiritual. If you're, you know, if you're a believer, then do that and do those works in the community. Pray for people. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for those you don't know. Do things to make your situation and the situations of those around you better. One of the taglines here at the show is better government through citizen involvement. And you could take government out and you could put better community through citizen involvement. Better neighborhood through citizen involvement. Better whatever. Better life through citizen involvement. Alright? So, <laughs> believe me when I say I'm big on that. Okay, I'm big on people getting active and getting involved. I'm big on telling police officers and firefighters and EMS personnel, hey, we support you, we dig what you're doing. Put the blue light bulb on your porch light, shine it, you know, we support the thin blue line, we support the firemen, we support the military. I dig all of that. We're In this time... We support the doctors and the nurses that are involved with this, you know? But you have to use common sense when doing this, okay? And this is getting to my overall point. And I'm going to take some heat for this. I guarantee it. I I guarantee when I say what I'm going to talk about here, I'm going to have people that are jumping down my throat. But I want you to do one thing. 
I want you to look at this from both sides. I'm not saying take my side. I'm not saying throw me in the trash and take their side either. I'm saying look at both sides and then apply common sense to the issue and then make your opinion. So, last night, I was sitting at the house. I was getting ready to go live on a Facebook live video episode. And I got an update on my phone. And right as I was reading the update, I get a couple messages from a couple people saying, Hey, look at this. And they sent me a link in the Star Press. And the link was to an article that was published at 8.30 p.m. Monday, March 30th. And the headline reads, Hundreds attend prayer vigil at IU Ball Memorial Health Monday night. It was written by Charlotte Stefinski, which I'm not really familiar with that name. She must be a new reporter. I guess I I just I don't know how new I don't maybe she's not new I just I haven't heard of the name before uh, that doesn't mean anything anyways moving on so I read this article it says hundreds of cars with blinkers flashing lined the parking lot of IU Health Ball Memorial Hospital for a prayer vigil on Monday night the vigil was dedicated not only to those with the coronavirus but also for the healthcare workers who are fighting it. Cars were decorated with red hearts and signs saying we support our doctors and nurses and stop corona. The article then goes on to detail what I consider one of the issues with all of this, and we'll get into that here in a second, but the article goes on by saying, despite a few who decided to wander around and take photos, most followed guidelines for social distancing remaining in their cars as the event continued for an hour between 6.45 and 7.45 p.m. There's a video that shows the cars in the parking lot from the viewpoint of the doctors or from nurses or folks on top of the hospital parking garage. And looking at that, those people in the picture are very close together. I guess it doesn't matter if they're the nurses and doctors and they're in there working and they're around it. I don't know. But a good portion of the people appear, at least during this video, to be in their cars... However, there's also a large portion of them outside of their cars. But continuing on with the article here, it says, We'll pray for everybody who enters that building, the patients, doctors, nurses, and the techs, says Chris Holdren, the events organizer. Every person who has anything to do with that hospital, just pray protection over them and ask for healing. Holdren got the idea from a Facebook video showing a similar scene at another hospital. Cars parked, lights flashing, and gospel music blaring. Prayer vigils for hospital workers have become a popular sight across the country in the recent weeks, from Ohio to Texas. It really just touched my heart, Holdren said. 
to the Star Press beforehand. We have so many neighbors, friends, and girls that are like daughters to me that work in the hospital. There are so many who are stepping forward and fighting the good fight. Okay, this that's their job. All right, so th- thank God they're doing their job. All right, going on, it says, Bonnie Wynn, a nurse at IU Health Ball Memorial Hospital and a childhood friend of Holdren's, got permission from the hospital, which was welcoming of the event, it says. Jeff Bird, president of IU's Health East Central Region, said the hospital is thankful for the support from the community. This gesture shows us just how supportive our community is of the incredible sacrifices caregivers are making to treat patients stricken by this deadly disease. Bird said in an email to Star Press, Every day our team members are putting themselves at risk to do the jobs that they do and to make a difference for our community with their selflessness and compassion. To be publicly appreciated for this warms our hearts and keeps us diligent in our work. Participants were invited to the event over Facebook and asked to park at the hospital's main parking lot and nearby lots surrounding the hospital. Pastor Mark Dill of Muncie's First Church of the Nazarene, the church Holdren attends, agreed to tape the introduction and prayer, which was played on WLBC. the same time of the vigil for those at home. Lord, we thank you for the doctors. We ask that you would be with them as they work through this crisis, Dill said. Lord, we pray that you will give them the wisdom and the understanding. The event was shared more than 200 times on Facebook, and about 500 people said they would be attending, with another 500 saying that they were interested in attending. No matter how many show up, I think it will be such a visual for those in the shift change, Holdren said. I think it will be pretty powerful for those coming into work and for those leaving. To see the the community is supporting them in such a way. All right, enough of the article. You get the gist of what it's saying and what occurred and everything that went down. And now before we go any further, you need to understand, I'm not heartless. I'm not cold. I'm not lacking in compassion here. I I don't make fun of prayer. I believe that it's very important. And I understand what they were trying to accomplish here. And as far as the organizers are concerned, Chris Holdren, the pastor, that was involved or even those at the hospital, I understand what they were trying to get done here. I understand what the point of this was, and I understand that they weren't doing anything wrong, that they didn't have any kind of ill intent, and that they weren't doing this in a bad way. I understand exactly what they were trying to do. In that same breath, I can say that I think also, and this is what's going to get me in trouble, that it shouldn't have happened. They should not have had this event, or at least not had it in this manner. There are several other things that could have happened, but because of the display and such a public display of what happened here, it starts to lend itself to people doing it just because they want to say, oh, look at me. And I'm not saying that Chris Holdren was a part of that. I'm talking about folks that just attended from the community and kind of what we're starting to see out of the celebrities, you know, when we're seeing 
the celebrities singing Imagine or we're starting to hear from the Kardashians on news channels that are trying to let us hear how they're weathering this storm. What a joke. I mean, I imagine they're having a rough time in their big mansion and all of the cars they've got with all of the devices and they're tweeting out pictures of themselves and Instagramming pictures of themselves during the COVID apocalypse. And I imagine they're having a really rough time, watch out for that sarcasm, weathering this storm. I mean, if you or I were in their shoes and we were able to weather this situation even with a third of what they've got going on, I imagine we'd be doing pretty well off. So hearing about how they are managing through this is really ridiculous. That's a whole nother topic. I mean, you want to see how somebody is dealing with this, go and talk to some of the homeless veterans that are trying to deal with this and not be out and exposed to disease and, and nasty filth. And then let me know what's going on there. As far as how Kim Kardashian or Kanye West is dealing with this, I imagine they're doing just fine. Now, that's not to say that they couldn't be affected by this because it seems like everybody has been or can be because the one thing I can say is this virus, it looks like we've lost a lot of people from this, man. Joe Diffie, a lot of good doctors, a lot of people all over the board are coming down with this or unfortunately losing their battle with this. Prince Charles has it. Will he make it? I don't know. I don't know. I've not heard anything about that. But one thing's for certain, anybody and everybody can get this. But the thing is, since it's all started coming out, if you've done what they've told you to do and stayed away from people and stayed out of the public and kept up with your hygiene, washing your hands and doing things that you should normally do, then you've got nothing to worry about. But it's the people who take unnecessary, unneeded chances. And I know, I know, people are going to say that I'm, I'm bashing these people and I'm just a negative Nancy and I'm just blah, 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 blah. But I want to stop you for one second and say, wait a minute. The headline said, hundreds attend prayer vigil. What if those same hundreds of people, I don't know how many hundreds are, when I hear hundreds... I think two, three, four hundred. I don't see that many people in the picture, but maybe there were. But let's just say for the sake of argument, 200 people attended. I guess that would be hundreds, because that would be hundreds with an S. 100 here and 100 there, so there are hundreds, I guess. Let's say there were 200 people in attendance. And are you telling me that those 200 people praying in their car or outside their car taking pictures to prove that they were there, if they would have said those same prayers between 6.45 and 7.45 from their home, would God have not answered those prayers? Would God have not listened to or not heeded those prayers? Did these people need to be praying in front of the hospital for this to happen? I get the idea of trying to show those hospital workers the techs, the doctors, the nurses, the, the kitchen staff, the janitors, the maintenance crew, everybody. I get showing them support and showing them love and showing them, hey, we're here for you. 
But you do that by staying home and don't getting sick and don't spreading this. You do that by donating money to any, you know, legitimate cause where they may need money. By donating items, if you have items you can donate, like hand sanitizers, masks, and so on. I just feel as though, for a large group of people, this is all just for show. That they did this because that's what it's supposed to look like, and I'm a good member of the community. And to everybody else out here who are hearing from doctors and the leaders and everybody else, stay home! And then so the question has to be asked, is this one more type of virtue signaling. And so when we come right back from break, we'll be taking a look at what the definition of virtue signaling is for those that might not know. And we'll be looking at why I think that this might fit into that category. We'll also be taking a look at what other things might fit that definition, as well as discussing what we can do to offer help and support without having to say, look, I bought the t-shirt and I was there first. I have the selfie to prove it. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey and we'll be right back. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to this 90th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. It's good to be with you. Thank you for giving me a little bit of your time. I'm going to ask you all now to share the show with everyone you know. Tell them it's easy. We are everywhere. They can find us on all major podcast hosting sites simply by searching the internet for Bilbrey Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast, the audio podcast will pull up so please share the show also while you're at it check out the merchandise the perception gear at merchisreality.square.site all right so getting back to this episode we're talking about virtue signaling now a lot of people know what this is it's something that has snuck into the american culture in the last several years i think it has a lot to do with social media i think that it's really centered a lot around the idea of the social justice warrior it kind of fits in with that line of thinking like Probably one of the best ways to think about it is instead of actually going out and fighting for a cause and showing people through your actions what you believe and this is what you stand for, it's what you do when you get online and you say, well, this is what I think about people saying this or that, or it's it's your actions to prove that you're in with the people who are down with that. 
You know, it's interesting to see how many people will say, I don't like this, and that's supposed to give them some moral superiority, and so others join into that. What a lot of the time you'll hear through it is it's a type of groupthink, or you will hear a lot of times people will say that it's slacktivism instead of activism because you're not actually out doing something. You're just showing that you're doing something or you're doing something just because of what it represents. And so those are, are all ways that somebody can, can be engaged in virtue signaling. It's kind of like getting mad at Starbucks because they're using the wrong color for their holiday cups or saying holiday cups, you know, like I'll not say Merry Christmas because that's what all of these people want to happen. But yet I go to church on Sunday, I'll go to church on Christmas and we unwrapped gifts under the Christmas tree, and, and we've celebrated Christmas my whole life. So you start to change your behavior just enough, not all the way, to show somebody else that you're up with the times, you know, or to hear people say, I hate political correctness. The gibberish term political correctness itself is pure virtue signaling. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just kind of think that it's, it's that kind of stuff that, that leads people to think that, oh, look at this person. They're, they're so much better because they said this instead of those people actually doing it. Okay, so now let's get back to the topic at hand. Do I think that it's important to show those fighting on the front lines, your support. Yes, it's most important. Do I think it's a good idea for you to let doctors, nurses, firemen, police officers, EMS, your local officials, the state officials, and the federal officials know that you're thinking of them throughout this crisis and through any crisis and just giving up their time to do their normal daily job to make things right in the world? Yes, I think it's great. If you're a believer, do I think that it's good for you to pray for these folks and to pray that God ends this and that we find a, a cure for this or a, a, a vaccine and that this is wrapped up and we can go back to some semblance of normal life? Yes, do I think it's good for you to say, oh, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, and then just type it and not really do anything about it? You know, one time my grandmother told my other grandmother, so my mom's mom, told my grandmother on my dad's side, it was actually at my dad's funeral, both of my grandmothers had lost children. My grandmother on my mom's side lost my uncle in January of 2015, and my grandmother on my dad's side lost my uncle there on that side in January of 2011, and then lost my father 
in June of 2016. And when my mom's mom saw my dad's mom at my dad's funeral, my mom's mother said, I'll be praying for you. And then she stopped and she said, you know, until I lost Scott, which is my uncle, her her son, I never realized how many times I had said to someone, I will pray for you when I was at a funeral. And then I would leave the funeral and you'd get on in your life. And, and that was that. However, the person's still dealing with it. So they're still grieving. And she didn't realize that until she lost her son. And so she said, you know, when I go to a funeral and I tell someone, you know, I'll be thinking about you and I'll be praying about you, I make sure to do that because she had experienced that pain. And so she realized what it was like for all these people to be coming up and saying, oh, this is so horrible, I'll be thinking about you. And then she realized that they left and they went on their lives and here she still was left with this pain. So... That was a really interesting thing because, you know, we all say that, oh, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. It's like kind of like a joke almost now, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, uh, especially if you're really a believer, if, if you really believe in prayer and you pray, you know, if you tell someone you're going to pray for them, then, then you should do that, and uh, that's, that's important. So I'm not saying that that's bad or that that's wrong. However... I don't know that it has to be made a, into a spectacle, you know, and I'm going to get people who are going to say, oh, you're just being negative. It was a great, folks, we're dealing with a pandemic. Let me tell you, the doctors and the nurses love our thoughts and prayers. You want me to tell you what they would love more than that? If they didn't have to treat a COVID-19 patient tomorrow. And so... Right now, they're saying they want just essential traffic out. They want just those working in essential positions to be out. And there's a big debate on what that means. But then we want to do a show of support, so we all show up at the hospital. And while that was a great thing, say on your way home, you're like, oh, I'm going to stop over here at the gas station. And then while you're at the gas station... You're, you're taking your precautions, you're, you're, you're pumping uh, gas after you've cleaned the nozzle off and, and you're holding it with a, a paper towel and you're doing your thing and someone walking back to the other side of the pump coughs on you and gives you coronavirus. And then in six to seven days, you're in the hospital and these nurses that you were just praying for is now dealing with you because you're sick, because you were out, and you really didn't need to be. Now, I said there were other ways they could have done this. Yeah, everyone could have gotten their car because it's okay to go out of your house. Just don't be around people. Everyone could have gotten their car. Everybody could have drove down University, cut over on another road, and drove up one of the other sides, Gilbert or whatever that is. Everyone could have taken a picture and put it on social media. Everyone could have drove down and around City Hall, done something like that. But when you've got people parking their cars, 
Then you've got people getting out of their cars, and now you're in a situation where you're no longer social distancing because you've got people who were going against the guidelines. See, they they were worried about this, so they set up guidelines. All right, don't get out. Don't conjugate up by the door. Don't, don't start mingling. Don't involve yourself in a group, in a crowd. Set your car, pray, and, and flash your lights, honk your horn, and then leave. But that's not what happened, because that's not what ever happens, because people are people, and they want to get pictures, and they need to post their selfie on Facebook. Hey, I was at the mass gathering, praying for the doctors, you know, then it becomes something that it's not. It wasn't about the message or the sign of support. It was about being involved in the happening. I'm at the happening, you know? And that's what so many people in today's world does. It would have meant every bit the same had 200 people changed their picture to Ball Hospital. Anybody could Google Ball Hospital and find a picture and change their their profile picture for a week, two weeks, however long this goes, to Ball Hospital. You could have changed it to the sign for a nurse or the sign for a doctor. You know, you can find that stuff online very easily. Everyone could write a status Love those on the front line, praying for those on the front line. Love, thoughts, prayers, and support. You could have done a video from home. You could have videoed your praying. At that point, we start to get into the point where I'm like, all right, you're doing it just to show that you're doing it. And I don't know. I mean, you know, tell me, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not bitching at these people who put this together. I understand why why they're doing it, but I just have to question because then you've got WLBC who's who's streaming it for those that are at home, turning it into an event. Don't get me started on WLBC because just a few days before, they're holding a live on-scene, on-air event at a car dealership in Muncie between 10 a.m. and noon, what does that do? That draws people down and, and out of their homes and to the car lot, thinking that there's going to be some giveaway or, or who knows. I didn't even... I, it, that kind of stuff is stupid. Right now, we are in uncharted, unprecedented waters. Don't do anything... That isn't necessary. Live your life. Don't be afraid. Go out and do your thing. But also understand that ah, that action might kill grandma tomorrow. You know? Just, what do I always say here? Common sense has to rule the day. And look, I get it. I respect Dr. Bird, and Dr. Bird is quoted in the paper as saying, you know, we thought that this gesture was great. It showed us how supportive. He could or would have said the same thing had everybody done this from home. 
We don't have to get out and about and make something happening just to be able to talk with our Lord and Savior to ask for protection over the people that are doing this. Some might say doing it in a boastful way, doing it in a manner that it has to be about you, kind of negates the whole act of the prayer. And I don't mean that everybody's that way, and a large portion of people aren't that way. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you that there were people there who were there just because it was a going on, just because it was a happening, just because it was the thing that the neighbor was doing, and they wanted to be there to quote-unquote keep up with the Joneses. And, you know, that isn't good in these times. You know, I just, I don't know. It's kind of like that real cringy, real cringy Imagine song that all of the celebrities sang a line of. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I love the Beatles. I am a huge, huge, huge Beatles fan. Love me some Beatles. Love me some John Lennon. Love me some Paul McCartney. George Harrison, Ringo Starr. I love each and every one of them. Love, love, love their music. Love all of the music the Beatles put out. Love the music that they all have put out in their solo careers. I hate the song Imagine. And it's not because the same reason that a lot of other political commentary, conservative political commentary people will say they hate it because it's the epitome of the socialism, blah, blah, blah. It's just because it was a crappy song. Uh, John Lennon is, in my opinion, much more of an artist than what we were given in Imagine. It's just a blah song. It's, it's one of his most commercial and in my opinion, it's one of the least imaginative, you know, well, what a, what a pun. But I just feel like there's much better work that he has, both solo and as the Beatles. That said, you've got all of these people who are celebrities who feel as though we won't be able to go on unless we know that these celebrities in their mansions can sing a line from Imagine. And so they make a big production of it, and that's virtue signaling. Look, look, you, you simpletons, you commoners. Us celebrities are singing to you. We're giving you this ease and comfort. You know, eh, screw off with all that. You know, I mean, like, for real. And it was so cringy. It was so, so, so cringy. And what I like is all the people who are talking about it and doing, like, reaction videos to it, they're all comedians. And so they're all on there bashing everybody. And then it gets to Sarah Silverman. And they're like, oh, well, she's okay because she's a cornball and, and she gets it. No. She was as ridiculous as everybody else. Well, this event 
was the Muncie version of that. It was people doing something that wasn't really needed. You know? The other angle of it is, you know, it's, it's kind of like the person who gives to charity and then tells everyone, hey, I gave to charity. Well, who are you doing that for? Are you doing that for the people? Or are you doing that for the recognition of everyone that you tell? I don't know. Just just really consider what 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 you're doing. Consider why you're doing it. And you know, if you're doing it for the right reasons, you're doing things for the right reasons, then everything's good. If you feel like you're doing it because you need the the selfie and the t-shirt, well, then maybe you need to take a look at what what's really really going on there. I just don't know that virtue signaling in this situation is going to do anything other than get people in trouble with this virus. You know, everyone's like, what's going to happen if I'm out and doing this? What's the police going to do? I heard it best, best at the New York press conference way back when this first started. They said, well, what's going to be the situation? You know, are we going to be thrown in jail? And he said, ah, no, we're, we're probably not going to jail you. We're going to do this. The, the punishment is you kill grandma. So if you can live with killing grandma, then have at it. You know, and that's what we've got going on here. I think I can do my praying for those fighting this from the comfort and safety of my house. You know, I heard... Dan Reidenauer say in one of his most recent videos to the city that people need to stop saying they're stuck in their house. It's moreover they are safe in their house. And I thought, ah, that's a good positive spin on this situation. You're not stuck in your house. You're safe in your house. And I thought, ah, I like I like that I like that Mayor Dan said that. I think that's a really good thing. And that's a way that we need to start looking at this. And so that's that's the thing. But I, I can do my praying and my supporting from the safety of my house. If they need supplies, we get them supplies. I've been a part of getting masks to different people, different organizations that are fighting on the front line. I will do my part. I don't have to tell you about it. I don't have to take a picture of it. If you have to have a picture of you doing your good deed, then I really have to question what's going on. Now, listen, I get taking pictures, marking a an event, marking something that's going on. I get that. I, I take so many pictures, and I'm not doing it for like, hey, look at me, look, I'm doing this. I do it to document. It's all part of this whole podcast thing. I, I don't consider myself a journalist. I, I will break news and break stories. I, I but I am what I am, you know. And without singing the the Popeye song, huh, 
I'll 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 leave it there. This is the community spotlight. All right. So for the majority of this episode, we've been talking about folks doing things because they think it's what looks good or they think it's what makes them morally superior, which is known as virtue signaling. And again, really quickly, I want to say I don't think that the organizers of the drive-in at the ball hospital was doing anything wrong. I just think that there were people who used it as a way to virtue signal signal, and that's what I'm kind of referring to. But before we wrap up, I wanted to talk with someone who's been using their skills to help out the folks on the front lines of this, and she's been doing it all pretty much behind the scenes. So join me in welcoming Darla Barber to the show. Darla, are you there? I'm here. Thank you for joining me. I wanted to talk with you a little bit because in the last couple weeks, you have been making the face masks that have been popping up all over online and people are making these all over the United States and probably the globe honestly and now before anybody says it yes everyone is aware these are not the N95 masks they don't protect you from getting the coronavirus or anything else for that fact but these masks serve a couple purposes first they're better than nothing if someone doesn't have the N95 mask or a surgical mask to put over their mouth and nose then this is better than nothing. I would have to believe if you're going into a situation where you have nothing, then having one of these masks has to be better than nothing. But then also they are allowing people who might have limited N95 masks to put on an N95 mask and then put this over top of it, which allows for multiple uses of one N95 mask since these cloth masks can be washed. And then lastly, they can be used, these cloth masks, just as a reminder to folks to not touch their face, to not touch their mouth or nose, and it just can act as a reminder, hey, this is this is going on. And so, Darla, I have to ask, you're not a seamstress. You don't sew by trade generally, but this is something you felt that you could do to help out. How many masks have you made? Oh, goodness, probably 200. Wow, and how long have you been making these? Probably two weeks. Oh, that's not long at all. Okay. Okay, and so you've given them to first responders, you've given them to folks from nursing homes, and you've even been contacted by private businesses or private citizens asking about these masks. And I want to say you donated quite a bit to the firemen and to other first responders and to some nursing homes, but for private individuals, you are selling these. You're not making a killing. You're only selling them for $4 a pop. Isn't that correct? Right, that's correct. And, and I've donated so many of them that I wish I could donate them all, but the supplies are rather expensive. So, you know, I have to charge a little bit just to cover supplies. So Absolutely. And so if anybody is interested in a mask, you can find Darla on Facebook or you can call 765-744-0013. That'll connect you to Audie. Audie can get a hold of you. He's your secretary for this. Uh, yes. <laughs> and so he, he can take your information. But if you're in need of a mask, if you're in need of something just to help you keep your hands off your face, uh, definitely get a hold of Darla. You can find her, like I said, on Facebook. You can get a hold of Audie. Again, that phone number is 765-744-0013. 
and uh, these are, are just different colored material. Are they all one size? Can you make them for children? I can. I can actually scale them down and make them smaller sized. Um, I have an assortment. I can do men's fabric. I have women's fabric, just all different types, you know, depending on what the person's tastes are. That's great. That's great. And I know the elastic irritates some people, so I can actually do the ties, too, that okay. tie around the head rather than the elastic. That's great. And there are several people all over the place making these. My mother's making some. Sarah Beach is making some. I know there are several people doing it. But if you're interested in getting with Darla, she'll definitely pump you out some masks. She's pretty quick at it, too. I want to say thank you for coming on and talking with us and letting people know where they can get a hold of you at if they are so inclined. And I just wanted to give an example of someone who isn't looking for a bunch of uh, admiration, a bunch of uh, notice or or uh, applause for what she's doing. She's just been off work, and this is a way that she can kind of give back. And this is what it looks like when you're doing something and you don't need that pat on the back. Well, thank you, Darla, for joining us and talking to us about your masks. If anyone is in need, I hope they look you up and get in contact with you. Sure. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Darla Barber, and she's just one example of someone using their skills to try to help people from behind the scenes without looking for a whole lot of admiration. And that's what it's all about. That's citizens coming together to better their government, to better their community, to better their lives and other people's lives through their citizen involvement. And there's the music, which means it's time to wrap this up. 90th episode up. Remember to share the show with everyone you know. We can be found on all major podcast hosting sites, as well as the home link at perception.fireside.fm. Until next time, stay active, stay involved, but more importantly, stay safe and God bless. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765 546 9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.